Welcome to Doing the Most, the series where we talk about the misadventures of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, execution strategist and serial entrepreneur. This series is here to get real about what entrepreneurial life truly looks like. We are driven, persistent, hardworking, ambitious. We are human, and these are our stories. Please note, all season one episodes were previously recorded for our video series. Welcome back to Doing the Most, Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. Today, our special guest is Mariela Polino, who is the founder of Project Hearing. I'm going to have Mariela tell us a little bit more about her and what she does for a living. So go ahead, Mariela. So basically, my nice or five job. Both. So you're nine so, to five and then you're five to nine. <laughs> all right. So um, I really consider myself to have two jobs. I have my nine to five jobs. Uh, my nine to five job, I work as a project manager uh, for the TechWorks program at the City University of New York. And then from seven to 10 in the morning, I'm working on project hearing, which is really my passion project, which I, it came out of graduate school. And it's basically a project that focuses on emerging technology, social impact, and disability, particularly hearing disability, um, and finding solutions to technology for people like myself who have a hearing loss. Nice. And what made you start Project Hearing? Um, you told me previously like a little a crazy story, but let the audience know like what really kickstarted the the Project Hearing movement back in 2014. Yeah, so um, I was living in Virginia at that time, and I was uh, driving in Virginia, which is really the worst place that you can speed. I was speeding. I wasn't really driving. I was speeding because I was late for something, and I got pulled over. And so when I got pulled over, the officer was speaking on the loud um, speaker thing, and he was giving me instructions. So because I have a hearing disability, I was unable to understand what the officer was telling me. And so he was just giving me commands. I just basically moved over to the side of the highway and put my hands at three and nine. And I'm just like, I wait. And then I look at my rear view mirror. The officer comes out of his car and on his holster. And I'm just looking through the rear view mirror and I'm just like, oh my God, I really don't want to die today. And um, he comes over to my window, taps, and I'm just like, I turn because my hearing, um, my hearing equipment is really like on my right side. You don't, I don't have anything on my left side. So he comes over to my window. I'm holding the steering wheel and I just look over at him and I'm like, officer, I have a hearing disability. I was not understanding your commands. And um, basically when I said that the whole situation diffused, um, at the end of it all, he just let me go off with a warning. Um, and he was just like, hey, you know, you really have to figure out something about your hearing thing. And I was like, well, what do you suggest we do? And he was just like, you know, that's not really my problem, so figure it out. And I was just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> I don't really know what that means. I don't really know what that means, but okay. And basically, I was doing a master's during that time, so I decided to focus on how people with disabilities interact with the police and how the police interact with people with disabilities. And what I found is that a police officer will literally scan the back of your car, uh, the back of your car for six seconds to figure out who you are. So, like for example, 
Are you a national life qualification member? Are you a teacher? Are you a doctor? Are you driving a fancy car? Are you driving a cheap car? Like, they will make all these assumptions about you. So I just came up with the idea of um, putting a sticker in the back of my car that says "Damn driver and then selling the stickers because BC also has a huge population of people with hearing loss. Nobody was doing it. And basically that's where Project Hearing came from, from a sticker that says "Deaf driver, which by the way has made a huge impact in my life and in the lives of other people with hearing loss. It's just a really easy way of using technology to solve, using technology and social impact to solve a problem. Nice. And, you know, definitely that situation could have gotten a lot worse in the media, especially when it comes to black and brown folks uh, being pulled over. So, you know, I'm glad you know, it was able to be de-escalated. De and I'm sure you, your sticker has pretty, I'm pretty sure, 100% sure your sticker has saved somebody's life by having it on there if they're getting commands from the police or whoever it may be. And the person doesn't know that they're deaf and thinking, okay, like you, they thought about you, that they were just ignoring them or just not paying attention. So, you know, thank you for that contribution. Um, now I want to dive a little bit into, you know, how does it feel to be like a social impact entrepreneur? Because I have done projects with social impact and, you know, some people often tend to disacknowledge or just try to undermine social impact entrepreneurship. So has that been a part of your journey in any way? Has social impact entrepreneurship been a part of my direction? No, like, has anybody said anything negative about um, you focusing on social impact? Um, a few people, like for example, when I first started um, selling the stickers, uh, there were members of the deaf community that that I thought, oh my God, why would I want anyone to know that I was deaf or that makes me a target? Um, and there's also comments about, um, I don't want people to know that I have a hearing disability, but one of the things that I've really learned is that social impact happens when, things, when you actually see things. Like when you are able to see something, you're forced to acknowledge it. Um, and one of the things that I'm doing that is very simple is like really pulling my hair up so that you actually see my hearing equipment. And the reason I do that now is because in the past I used to have my hair down and when I have my hair down, it covers my ears so you don't see my hearing equipment. But then there will be instances where someone would just simply forget that I don't have a disability and so that I have a disability and there will, because I'm talking normal, people just that, that I'm talking normal. People just forget that I actually have a hearing disability. If you're covering your mouth, I can understand what you're saying. If you're turning, I can understand what you're saying. And if you're not seeing my hearing like equipment, you're not going to remember to do these things. So it's just like little things like that. Um, I'm really forcing people to be conscious that social impact happens when people feel comfortable with their disability, when we remove the stigma of disability, that's when actual change happens, that's when we, have, we can have frank and honest conversations about the challenges that I experience, and I can bring other people into that space so that we can like, solve problems together. Yeah, and I really love that because oftentimes I see solutions, especially for you know, folks, with, whether it's disabilities, whether it's women, whether it's minorities, I see folks that are not a part of the, the, the affected group 
try to solve the problem without consulting or engaging or even asking exactly. if they're like, oh, here you go. This is a solution for you, for, for someone that's blind, even though I had, I didn't ask anybody that was blind. I didn't, I'm not blind. I didn't, you know, and it's just like, what, what do you think yeah. you're doing? Um, so, you know, it's really good to see, you know, someone from the community building the change, starting the change and really making it data driven. Um, Definitely. That's actually one of the main reasons that patients should start doing private hearing. Nobody was doing this type of work. Nobody was, nobody is talking about like dating with a disability. Nobody's talking about sex with a disability. Nobody's talking about like discrimination that you can face during the interview process when you have a disability, especially an invisible disability. Like nobody's talking about that. And I grew up having to figure things out by myself. I didn't really have anybody that I could talk to and ask them, hey, how do you go on Tinder? Like, do you disclose your disability? Like, there's nobody talking about these things. And I didn't want to see, like, an audiologist or, like, a doctor, like, talking about these things because, one, they're not experiencing the stigma that can come from having a disability and dating or going to school or telling your professor or your employer, hey, I have a hearing disability and I need accommodation. People will tell you, oh yeah, you know, just as close it, but nobody's like actually talking about the fear that I experience. Um, and I really wanted to be the one to talk about these things. Mariella, that is amazing. And I really give you a lot of kudos for doing that and doing that important work. Um, I wanna ask now a question about being an entrepreneur identifying with so many marginalized groups, right? So groups that folks don't identify as the face of entrepreneurship. So you are a Latina woman. Well, you're a Latina, you're a woman. So that's already two groups in general. And now you are someone that has a disability. How do you feel like that gives you a competitive edge or has that impacted your entrepreneurial journey in any, any negative ways, positive ways? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Just being at the end. Absolutely. So one of the things that um, I noticed when I was doing my master's and doing my research on disability advocacy work is that I noticed that if you actually Google hearing disability on Google, most of the results that you will see are of people that look nothing mm -hmm. like me. Like you will see a lot of people that are blonde that have like blue eyes or green eyes. Like I very rarely saw somebody that was Latina. I very rarely saw, if ever, saw content that was in Spanish, that was um, by Latina. Like, I ever, ever saw anyone like, from the Bronx talking about how they had a hearing disability. Like, I didn't see that. And so I cannot relate to the experiences of people that were talking about their hearing loss. Like, these were individuals that had a lot of access and privilege to resources that I didn't have at that time. And so one of the main, one of the driving forces that made me want to do project hearing is because I asked myself, I never had any guidance with anything hearing related when I was growing up. And I want to be the one that provided that information. Again, going back to the topic of dating, of like school, of like working, I wanted to get to capture those experiences from the perspective of a Latina. I wanted to get those perspectives from the experiences of a woman. I wanted to get those perspectives from someone who doesn't come from the most privileged socioeconomic background. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk about all of these things in a manner that 
other people who look like me but have access to these resources, to that information, to understanding how I navigate these different environments. And these are all like topics that I'm going to be talking about on Project Hearing Day, for example. Um, when I first lost my hearing and um, I was about to get implanted with my cochlear implant, I asked my mom, my mom had just come to the United States. She had come to New York. I lost my hearing three months after arriving in New York wow. City. Didn't speak English. And so um, she had all these doctors telling her, like, do you want your daughter to hear again? And she was like, yeah, sure. Like, when my mom brought me in for surgery to get the cochlear implant, she didn't really understand what was happening. She didn't really understand that I was going to be having a surgery. She didn't really understand um, the level of rehabilitation that would need to happen after that surgery. She didn't understand the level of like speech and hearing therapy that I would need to be able to learn how to hear again. There was a lot of um, lack of information in her language in a culturally relevant way that um, I just didn't have access to growing up. And it's really one of the main reasons why I'm not only creating project hearing, but I'm also creating project hearing in Spanish because there is nothing. There, there's just so little information um, about hearing loss for the Spanish community. And that technically is, but it's mostly for like the deaf community. There's very little information about how to be a person with a hearing loss in mainstream society. Um, speak sign language. There's a very large like, community of color, um, but there's very little information about people with hearing loss who use hearing aids or hearing equipment on our part of mainstream society. So, yeah. Awesome. That is like, that's great. And it's like, and like you just said, you know, I, because I, I have heard about, you know, like the deaf sign language community, but I haven't, there, there for myself as like a, a person that doesn't, like I'm not directly inside of the community because I don't have any family members that are deaf or friends, it, it's good to have this information because for example, like you, when I met you, I, I didn't even know that you, you were deaf and, I, and you know, it wasn't until I saw the, the, the closed captioning that was happening on the screen and I realized you were the one receiving the information. I was like, yeah. okay, so maybe she doesn't talk, maybe she can only read. And then like we were having, we, then we had a conversation. So like my whole mind was like, blown because the information that I had received growing up is like if you're deaf you speak sign language and you know you can read like closed captioning and that's it I didn't even know that there were you know folks in like the spectrum like you know hearing aids or for old people that couldn't you know hear well not somebody that was completely deaf so just like that miseducation that happened to me you know it was really great to see you and then now understanding that this is something that's real there are a lot of people mainstream and you know the first time I took an Uber, a Lyft with a, with a, with a deaf driver. Like I was so shocked. I was just like, deaf people drive. Like I, the ignorance, right? That ignorance was due to the lack of the miseducation. So I'm really grateful for knowing someone like you that is providing that information. And I can then spread that information. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly like one of the many, many reasons why I wanted to start project hearing because, um, there's no information about closed captioning. There's no information about how there exists a spectrum of deafness. Like there are people who, like if you think of that, most people immediately think of American Sign Language. People don't think about cochlear implants. They don't think about hearing aids. They don't think about oralism, which is really like speaking 
through like oral language. And so I really wanted to be able to change that perception and remove the stigma around disability because the only thing I can do is hear perfectly. Like I don't have human hearing. I have no hearing. But I'm still able to do pretty much everything that anyone else is able to do. And I wanted to remove the stigma around hearing disability. So that's like that, what you just described is exactly why I wanted to do it. I didn't want my story to be unique because it really shouldn't be. A hundred percent agree with that. Um, as we're coming a little bit closer to the end of the interview, I want to ask you a question about what inspiration or tangible steps would you give some an entrepreneur out there um, that is stuck in like the dreamer phase and they want to be, they want to get stuff done, whether you know, they're Latino, female, just any, not even, just any general entrepreneur, what kind of inf- inspiration can you give to them to, to get started on their projects or their ideas that they have? If there's one piece of advice that I could give someone is start when you're ready and not a minute sooner. And I say that because, um, it took me a while to get to the level of dedication for project hearing that I have now. By that I mean, I am posting almost every day. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm posting almost every day. I have content, I have like a strategic communication plan. I have a business. In the beginning, project hearing was just a really good idea. Um, but one of the things that you probably have seen in like my social media feed is that I'm, I was always talking about like being that free. I had accumulated a lot of debt living in DC. I took my master's. I went to Georgetown and NYU, which are very expensive mm-hmm. schools. So the priority for me wasn't, oh, let me start a business. Like the reality for me is that I have a piece of metal inside my head. Um, I've had two replacement surgeries for that piece of metal. Um, I need to have health insurance at all times. Um, I have that that I had to pay, I had a car that I had to pay. Like, I just did not have the mental space to focus on project. Mm-hmm. And um, you, I think for me, it's very, very important to understand what are my priorities. For me, paying off my debt has been my priority for the last five years. And because um, that was my priority, I didn't have the time or the capacity to focus on project hearing the way that I do now. And this year, I believe it was like two weeks ago, weeks ago, I finished paying off like, oh my God. Yeah, like I just finished paying all of it off. And I'm so, so proud because I've been working and sacrificing a lot to get to that point. And now that I have um, that stress off my shoulder, I also have the mental capacity to focus on things that I'm passionate about. Not only do I have the mental capacity to focus on this, um, I also have more residual income to be able to invest it, exactly, to be able to invest it into my project to like not have to worry. Okay, like I was working earlier this year, I was working on this job with CUNY and I had two part-time jobs. Tell me <laughs> when. Am I ever going to have time to like sit down in front of a camera and do a video? Like, that's just not going to happen. And that's why I give myself credit for not doing things until I'm ready to do things. And if you're an entrepreneur and you have this really great idea, but you have, you know, 
you have that, you have family, you have like things. Do what you can manage to do. Like I'm going to do everything at the same time because if I had done party sharing a year ago, it would not I would not have done it well, which means I probably will have burned out very quickly, which means I probably will have put party sharing on the shelf. So start when you're ready, when you can like devote yourself to it in a way that you are comfortable devoting yourself to to your passion. Great advice. You know, uh, I definitely want to say thank you so, so much for being here with us. And I'm going to be sharing. I know you have a lot of cool stuff coming up with Project Caring. I love your 30-day series that you did the other day. I'm going to leave the link in the caption section below so folks could check that out. It was an amazing series just kind of showing her day-to-day of what it what it means to be um, deaf in her in her spe- in her section of the spectrum, like you know, from taking a shower to communicating to taking public transportation, and it really opened my eyes and just again educated me on what it really what what you know Maria's Mariela's life experiences are versus just being ignorant and just thinking oh everything is okay or perfect or everything is fine so just guys definitely check that out and more information about other projects and project caring will be in the caption section and we'll catch you next week for another episode of doing the most the misadventures of entrepreneurship thank you so much mariel for being here bye Bye. thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of doing the most catch us here next week same time same place If you can't wait, head on over to doingthemost.xyz to stay connected. Until next time, keep on doing.